0: Hey, thanks for tuning in into the City Life Church podcast. We are a church in San Francisco, and we exist so that people that are far from God, we encounter his presence and experience the life that only Christ offers. We pray that this word will challenge you and encourage you in your walk of faith with Jesus. The key text for today is found, again, for the entire series is Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. This is the greatest invitation in the Bible. Jesus is walking alongside of the seashore, and he says this, Jesus called out to them, and he says, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. There's Andrew and Peter hanging out, you know, doing their thing. They're fishermen, and Jesus comes alongside and says, drop your nets, boys. I'm going to teach you something better. Come follow me. Someone say invitation. That invitation was for these two disciples, but it's also for all of us today, a couple thousand years later, where Jesus finds us right where we're at. He says, hey, I know you're going through some challenging times, but hey, Follow me, and I will show you. I'm going to show you different things. And the, the context here of saying fishing for people was because they were fishermen. So he's using their worldview and their lens, a language that they're familiar with, to Say, uh, fishing is good, but I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, how to be on mission 24-7. What you're doing, it's paying the bills, but there's more to life than just going to work. Come on, somebody. We all have, we all have a purpose. We all have a calling in life. And when we surrender our lives to Jesus and we choose to follow after him, he reveals the master plan. He reveals his ways to us, right? That's what's so unfortunate about the world around us. There's amazing people all around us, but so many people are just lost. They don't have a sense of purpose or destiny. And that's when they need, they need Jesus to be revealed to them. And that's why he commissions us. And he says, hey, I'm going to invite you and I'm going to teach you how to share the good news with others. So that's the greatest invitation. It continues to find us uh, even this day. Here's the spoiler alert. Be careful because the the main theme for this entire series, a six-part series, is the trip. This road trip is all about us growing and becoming more like Jesus. That's what the series is all about. How many of you know that we never stop growing? We all continue to grow. Pastor Isaac, he's getting his Ph.D. We're going to be calling him Dr. Isaac in, in a few months. But even after he gets the degree, he's still going to continue to grow. Come on, somebody. Maybe not as much hair, but he's going to continue (laughs) to grow. We all continue to grow. This life, it's a journey, and we always continue to grow. And the idea is that we're becoming more and more like Jesus. That's the big thought. So the Bible, the Bible is filled with all kinds of metaphors because the Bible is where we learn about spiritual things. But in order for us to understand spiritual things, God would have to use tangible uh, physical examples to, to paint the picture for us. For example, I think of like uh, Moses, and, and God gives Moses the, this idea to build a tabernacle. This is like a massive tent, not something that you would find at REI, a huge, giant tent, and within the tent and the parameters of it, there are three different parts to it. So there was the outer courts, the, then there was a the holy place, and then the holy of holies, three different chambers, so to speak, uh, when it came to this idea of the tabernacle of God. That was symbolic. It was a metaphor of the life of a Christian believer, that we are three-part beings. We have the outer courts, the shell that we see. Pastor Isaac used to have hair. Now he doesn't. Same with this boy right here. Then there's a holy place, speaking of our soul, where we have our mind, our will, our emotions. And then there's the holy of holies, which is your spirit, the epicenter of who you are. And as you've heard us say before, uh, you're not an individual that has a spirit. You're actually a spirit that has a physical shell. We are all spirit beings. Amen, somebody? That's a metaphor. That's an example. So there's all kinds of different metaphors or analogies used. And when it comes to this journey of faith, there's different analogies or metaphors that are used as well. So when describing, for instance, uh, our relationship with God, you'll study throughout the scripture that we are like clay and God is the potter. Potter. He he molds the clay. He forms us into these vessels. So in, in Corinthians, Paul says that we are like jars of clay. What happens when, we, when a jar falls? It cracks. It breaks. Some of us, we fall from time to time, and we have little cracks here and there, but then God comes and he restores us. But there's a metaphor of our connection with God. Here's another example. It says that, that we are the vine, or excuse me, he is the vine. We are the branches. There's an analogy of us being like sheep and, and God being our shepherd. So there's all these different analogies and metaphors when it comes to our relationship with God. When talking about our, our faith journey, the walk, there's a couple of different metaphors that we find, particularly in the New Testament. The Christian, the Christian walk is not a religion. And a shout out to Nico, my boy in the back. He was texting me this week and he's like, hey, so asking me some phenomenal questions. Like, bro, you got to jump on Fresh Start because Fresh Start will get you catapulted into this journey of learning more about the Bible and learning more about faith. But he was like, so, so how do I explain my religion? I said, well, Christianity it, it, it's it's referred to as a religion, but Christianity is more than a religion. It's a it's a lifestyle. It's a walk. It's a journey. You continue to live it out. It's not about clocking in and clocking out of events or church services. It's about having a relationship with God. It's about connecting with God every day of the week. Matter of fact, everywhere you go, there's church. Because you are church. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when it comes to this journey uh, uh, of, of walking with Jesus it's a walk it's a journey it's a race it's a road trip someone say it's a road trip I'm going to give you a couple of verses real quickly here because all through the New Testament you see a variety of different uh, examples particularly from the Apostle Paul he I think I think the Apostle Paul would love kicking it with 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 us these days particularly with Pastor Keys and those of us who love sports because Paul constantly is talking and using sporting or sports analogies. And uh, so if he was living right now, he'd be wanting to go watch football with us because he loves competition. But starting with Hebrews, though we're not sure if Paul wrote Hebrews, most scholars believe it was him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily uh, trips us up. Pastor Keys would be saying, don't be tripping right here. And, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Notice the, the metaphor. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So again, he's using the analogy that life in a relationship with Jesus is a race. 2 Timothy, this is Paul talking here again, 4 verse 7. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the what? The race. And I have remained faithful again sports analogies UFC back in the day I have fought the good fight I have finished the race Galatians 5 7 now he's challenging the folks in Galatia he's challenging the believers there and he says this you were running the race so well in Pastor Jonathan's version what the heck happened he says who has held you back from following the truth you were doing so good what happened y'all He's talking again about this race, this journey, this pursuit of God and his purposes, the will of God. Paul, again, to to the church in Corinth, he says in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. So we're not here to just kill time. We're not here to just go through the motions. You're actually pursuing something. You're not here to just get by in life. We're not here to just survive, get through another tough season. No, we're pressing in. We're here to win. He says, all athletes, they, they, they are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I'm not just punching the air. A lot of people go to church, and they they are punching the air because you feel as though that's religious duty that God is required. He's not looking for your favor. He's just looking for your heart. God doesn't need favors. He wants obedience. He wants us to just relate to Him. So He doesn't need us to just go through the motions. You can come and raise your hands and sing songs, and your heart be completely disconnected from the opportunity of worshiping God. God doesn't need lip service. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody here today. Paul continues. He writes to the church in Philippi. I mean, in other words, he's speaking to all these different churches, all these different regions, and he's using similar language, referring to this journey of faith. In Philippi, he says this, Philippians 3. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the what? The race. And receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So yesterday's accomplishments, that was all good. But now I continue to press on. I press forward. I press towards something that God has prepared for me, is what he's saying. All of us. That's the challenge for all of us. It's like, man, we got to keep on pressing through. We got to press in. We got to push forward. Amen. Today I'm going to share a couple what I would call tips for the road trip. Tips for the journey. Again, Pastor David preached a great word last week and great analogies and, and great examples. And Jesus has got to be the driver. can't hijack the wheel. If he's not the Lord, then it's not really a thriving relationship, right? And talked about a variety of different uh, 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 principles there. Three elements that he was sharing. Here, here are a few more tips. Number one, remember this. You, you are unique and so is your journey. So there is no one like you. There are others that might be similar to you. People think that um, Pastor Isaac and I are either the same person. <laughs> He's a smarter dude. And, um, but we, we might have similarities, but we, all, we are all unique. There is no, even twins who have 99.9% similar DNA and whatnot, they are still unique, different fingerprints and whatnot. Your life is unique and your journey is unique. Your call is unique. And when it comes to this journey of life with God as we're on this road trip, uh, Paul even exhorts and he says, don't compare yourselves amongst yourselves. Don't be comparing your stories. Now we can learn from each other's stories and that's the beauty of testimony. We can, we can testify what God has done for us. If you've gone through a health situation, you can testify of how God navigated you through those difficult times. If you've gone through, through, through a relational challenge, you can, you can actually use that as a story to encourage and edify others. So we can, we can bless one another that way, but we should not compare ourselves in trying to measure up ourselves with one another because our stories are unique. The grace of God in our lives is very unique. When it comes to, uh, you may have heard me talk about this before, my wife and I, um, she loves palm trees and sunsets. She's an outdoors girl. And it's like where we live in Pacifica, we have a lot of fog, right? And we live in a, in a townhouse. We don't have a whole lot of yard to work with. And, um, and the cutest thing happened. And if you follow her on Instagram, you probably noticed this already. But um, we don't have palm trees, and she loves palm trees. So you know what she did? She went to Lowe's, and she got one of those, like, tiny palm trees. And it's like some people have pets, like dogs or cats. She's got a pet palm tree. It's not planted. It's just got a little pot. And she'll bring it to the front of the house, bust out her little lawn chair, and he brings her little plant with her. And <laughs> <laughs> that's a little BFF. It's like <laughs> she loves the scenery. And um, if, if, any, if anyone has ever gone on a road trip to, like, like Disney, so Christine and, and Josh, they're going to go on a road trip to Disneyland, right? If you've gone to Southern California... Um, if you're like me, you're going to take uh, the five or I-5, and you're going to try to get there as fast as you can. You're going to get up early in the morning, beat the traffic, and you're going like, to book it. Uh, and if Pastor David was driving, you know, he'd be like, he'd be, by the way, he'd be the guy on, on, on 101 taking the 7th Street exit. I'd be the guy on the far left, like, man, God, forgive those people. I can't believe they're doing this. <laughs> Nevertheless, Nevertheless, driving to Disneyland, you're gonna try to get there in Southern California as quickly as possible. My wife, she's a little different. She would take Highway 1. And she'd be like, she'd be watching, and I'm driving of course, and she'd be watching the beaches and all the palm trees. She'd be counting the palm trees from here to Los Angeles. You can get there in five hours or you can get there in 12. She would take the 12 hour route, why? Because she loves the scenic route. I'm the kind of guy that wants to get there fast. I'm an achiever. I like to go get things done. When it comes to our journey with God, it's interesting because God sometimes will, will send us through the fast track route. And i like, man, we are growing in things of God. We are just kicking butt right now. Woo, we are advancing. We're seeing some fruit, right, Jeremy? We're seeing some fruit in our lives. And, and then all of a sudden life happens. Different things happens and God puts on the blinkers and we, he moves us into... Maybe the scenic route. And it's like, man, we're not seeing, man, life is fun and enjoy, but we're not progressing as much. Sometimes God just straight up takes us on some back roads. You feel me? Like, oh my gosh, what is going on? We need a four by four. And, and we find ourselves in these different seasons. Therefore, you can come into a setting like this and you can have some people that are just crushing it as far as their advancement in the things of God, whereas others, they just need a season of rest. They need to be refueled, so God takes them through a scenic route just to kind of recharge their batteries, recharge their soul. We can't compare ourselves. We are unique, and our journey is unique. Our responsibility is to encourage one another, wherever we would be at, to say, hey, listen, God's got great plans for you. I'm partnering with you. I'm praying for you. I'm encouraging you. Now, some people straight up, they're stuck. Some people are stuck up, but some people are stuck they're on this journey, and because of some poor choices, some bad decisions, they made some, They, they, they were well, like Brother Jonah, they decided to take a detour from the route that God would have for them, and they find themselves spinning, and that's when they need the family of God to say, I love you too much. I love you so much that I have to call you out on this, just not on social media. That's another conversation. Paul says, 2 Corinthians 10, 12, says, we don't compare ourselves amongst ourselves The idea here is that we learn from people's experiences, but we don't compare ourselves to their journey or to their experiences. We are unique, and we need a unique grace from God for ourselves. Amen, somebody? So that's tip number one. Tip number two would be this. Pack smart and travel light. Huh. (laughs) Pack smart. Now, one thing I'm super proud of, Pastor Relata, when we first started 25 years ago, this journey of marriage together, we'd be going out for like a weekend, and she would bring the giant Samsonite suitcase, good enough for about three weeks of clothing, right? And I would come with a little backpack. Like, what's going on here? But now these days we travel light. Everything she she packs so smart, and she's taught me how to pack better as well. Roll up the clothes. But I got some pictures I'm going to show you real quickly. Of some people that are on a they're on a journey, and um, this is kind of how they park. So media team, let's see some of the the slides that we got. So this dude right here. <laughs> Let's <laughs> do right here. He's like, man, I gotta bring everything with me. Let me. Let, let's look at the second one right here. Um, this girl, she's like, I'm prepared as well. I gotta take everything on this road trip with me. How about this next one? Um, Henry, is that you, bro? No, just messing with you. But look at that. I mean, like, brothers, prepare. Like, he's, he's packing for an entire, like, life group right there. You, you know what I'm saying? What about this next one right here? Bruh. That looks like Mike. Bruh. Like, he's packing for his life group right here. Like, and then what about this next dude right here? <laughs> this dude, he's been to Freedom Retreat because he's packing light. Come on, somebody. When it comes to life... We have the choice of what we're going to carry. And the sad thing is that Jesus says, you know what? My, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And yet some of us are just overwhelmed with the pressures of life. We're carrying so much stuff. And it doesn't have to be this way. Caring for people is one thing, but carrying caring their offenses, that's not a good thing. Right. To care for somebody, that's, that's a God trait. Jesus cares for us. He loves us. He cares about each and every one of us. He cares about everything in our lives. And he chooses and he offers to carry those burdens that we would be carrying. But why is it that so many Christians are so overwhelmed? By the way, it's not a shameless plug, but it's a plug. Join the Freedom Retreat, come and have Jesus just kind of strip you from those heavy backpacks. These are five unnecessary things that I believe people drag around and you shouldn't have to. And I'm talking about Christians, people that love Jesus, but things that they drag around. I'm only giving you five. There's a long list, but number one is anxiety. Some of y'all have a backpack filled with anxiety. It's like, why are you so anxious? The Bible says, be anxious about nothing, but pray about everything. Don't be anxious. But anxiety, it can drive people crazy. It's overwhelming. Another one that people stuff their backpacks with is failures. You've made a mistake, and now you're dragging this thing with you. Someone needs to hear this today. Your scars can actually become the platform that God will use to save others. So you might as well cash in and and take the blessing from your mistake. You've gone around that mountain before, you've learned it, use it as a testimony now to help others. But don't allow that to drag you away from the purposes of God. The Bible says that the righteous ones, they fall many times. They get back up. Jesus is perfect and he continues to lift us up. We are imperfect vessels, but we're pursuing him and we need him, right? But don't allow your past mistakes Come on, somebody. Some of you need to hear this. You're watching online. Don't allow the, your past failures to be the kryptonite that, that keeps you back from being all that God's called you to be. Amen, somebody? Another thing that people stuff in their backpacks would be offenses. Those of you that are looking at the notes right now, we're not talking about offense and defense. We're talking about offenses. You're offended. Someone ticked you off. Someone said something. Offenses. And I've, I've said this before. If you've been around for a minute, you would, you, you would hear me say this, that Usually, if, if a stranger does something kind of like dumb, you might be irked for a little bit, but you're not truly offended. You might be irritated, but not offended. Someone cuts you off somewhere. You're like, ah, you know, you might be irked, but offenses usually come from people that are closer to us. We expect more from them. We, we oftentimes, we care about them. We, we love them. So, so it could be a family member. It could be, could be Pastor Keys. It could be leaders. It could be your life group leader. It could be other Christians in the house of the Lord. You care about them. They care about you, but they say something or they do something. Next thing you know, and it's like you find yourself offended. I can't believe they would think that about me or say that about me. I love youth ministry. That's why we hired Pastor David as a youth pastor. And he and Aaron are crushing it. And stick around youth ministry for a little bit. There's always drama. And we're not talking about production on the platform. They're doing drama. I'm talking about just drama. Girls, boys, there's drama, and that's why we have a dream team in the youth ministry to help them. And they get offended by the slightest thing. I can't believe you cut in line, and you got the whatever Chick-fil-A sandwich you had that, that, that week at youth, at youth night. And they get offended, and there's drama. But then like two days later, okay, we're over it now. We're BFFs again. When it comes to the journey of life, Jesus even said, by and by, offenses will come. It's not a matter of if, but When? There's gonna be an offense, and your name is on it. What do you do with that? Some people they stuff it in that backpack, like that dude that had like a bunch of backpacks. They stuff it and they keep walking around, like, yeah, I forgive, but I don't forget, bro. You haven't for- forgiven. Yeah. So they drag these things, like, yeah, we're good now, we're good, but you're still holding it, like, like man, I got receipts, baby. I got receipts from the last time you. I'm preaching. And you find yourself, you come come to church, and you find yourself like, I love Jesus with all my heart, but why is my life so heavy? It's because you're still carrying offenses. Better than the song from Disney, let it go, let it go. (laughs) Sometimes we got to just like, hey, let it go. Like, forgive them, release them, and move on. The people who hurt you, they likely don't even know that they hurt you. But you're the one that's suffering from that. Number four, another reason people find themselves overwhelmed. Again, we're talking about the road trip. You want to continue to advance, you want to continue to become more and more like Jesus. You got to make the exchange. You got to unload these things. Number 4 would be this, sins. Straight up deliberate sins. Like we love God, but man, sin is it's appealing. Do you know why people sin? Because we like it. The reason we sin is because we like it. If we didn't like it, we wouldn't be doing it. You don't accidentally just stump. No, we, we love Jesus and we're trying to like have a foot in the world, a foot in the kingdom. It's like we, we gravitate. The Bible talks about this. The fleshly, the, 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 the lustful desires of the flesh. Paul tells his disciples, look, cut off the old nature. Cut off the old man. We got to sever those things from our lives. The reason people sin is because there's an appetite for that. And it becomes a burden. You find yourself just walking with the next one, which is guilt, number five. Sin and guilt go hand in hand. All of a sudden, because you, you've compromised, you let let your, your guards down, you've done something, all of a sudden you feel the shame and the guilt. And therefore, you're walking around and you love Jesus. And yet you're carrying these things on your back. And it's like, oh, my gosh, how long do I have to endure? Stop sinning. <laughs> Straight up. Man, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You liked it. That's why you went after it. I'm just preaching to City Life Church, y'all. Like, if you're a guest here, I'll let your pastor preach the way I'm preaching to our church family right here. Some of us, we carry these burdens, and it's not the devil that's jumping on you. It's just your choices. So choose to walk in freedom. Choose to get right with God ASAP like today. Lord, please forgive me. And he doesn't have, you don't have to go to an orderly public to get right with God. You can just get right with God directly. Like, Lord, here I am. Forgive me. I repent of these things. I surrender to you. Would you, would you just, you know, make me clean? Reset. Come on, somebody. So these are things that hold people down. So here's a couple of verses. 1 Peter 5:7. Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? Because he cares about you. He cares about you. So if you're carrying worry and anxiety and all these different things, make the exchange. Matthew 11, it says this. It says, take my yoke. This is Jesus talking. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you, it's light. Team up with me. Latch on to me. I'll do the heavy lifting. Stop trying to carry these things out of your own strength. Just lean on me. Allow me to help you, and I will sustain you. Right? Number three, here's a third tip for the journey. I'm only giving us three for today. So again, as a recap, number one, you are unique and so is your journey. Number two, pack smart and travel light. (laughs) I used to listen to Ralph Barbieri on KNBR 680, d sports leader, and if you listen to that, he would often say, angels fly because they take themselves lightly. That's a bunch of BS right there, but that's what he would say. (laughs) Some of you will get this tomorrow. When it comes to our journey, pack light. Don't carry these things. Allow Jesus to carry those heavy burdens. Allow him to, to do the heavy lifting. So number three, follow the directions. Now, for those of us guys who shop at Ikea, which, by the way, there's like some shortage I hear at Ikea, a bunch of stuff and, and whatever. And us guys who would shop at Ikea, um, you know, they provide those little janky little tools or whatever. It's like us guys, we, we hate looking at the instructions, and then you wonder, like, wow, this dresser has no shelves. <laughs> I remember a while back putting together this whole dresser system for, for our kids in their room. And after a few hours, I'm like, man, I'm exhausted. I'm finally done. Doors wouldn't slide. What did I do? I had to undo the entire thing because I messed step number two. So I had to, un- like, jeez. If I would have followed the instructions, right, somebody, I would have called Pastor Isaac with his PhD degree, like, bruh, how do I assemble this? (laughs) When it comes to your journey and our journey of life in this relationship with God, there is actually an instruction manual. You need a road map, it's called the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible, follow the directions, the Bible is our road map. Now. You can have your U-version Bible, um, and you can have your reading plan. And I actually, I have a couple different reading plans that I do, and one of them I listen to every day. And then I don't know who, like, created this one reading plan that I'm on because on Wednesday there was, like, 10 chapters. Come on, bruh, right? Usually it's three or four chapters a day, and I can get through it in the shower, and it's good. But this one was, like, bruh, all morning long. But then I like to actually read my paper Bible as well and underline and circle and highlight. And there's different plans. But as I'm reading the word of God, my like, God, I need you to speak to me through your word. And the word of God is what brings direction. Oftentimes people will come to me as a pastor and say, pastor, I need wisdom. I'm like, OK, <laughs> thanks. Thank you. I need direction. And it's funny because sometimes and you know, folks will come to me, maybe you're in the room, maybe not, I don't know, but you'll come to me, ask, and I'm like, bro, did you read the word already? What's the word of God speaking to you? Because it's the roadmap. You're looking for direction. You're looking for purpose. You're looking for what God would have for you next. Start with the word of God. It's the map that's right in front of you already. So the Bible is our roadmap. The Holy Spirit is our GPS. The Holy Spirit is our GPS. Now, praise God for technology as things evolve, technology. But back in the day, I remember when when the GPS, I used to, I bought my very first one before they were built into the cars, right? I bought my Garmin GPS. Like, whoo, I've arrived. I got a Garmin. Hopefully you didn't buy stock in Garmin because that thing tanked. But and I remember just like, and if I, would, if, if I would take the wrong exit, all of a sudden I would hear the voice, and it wasn't Siri, but it was like, calculating route, calculating route. And they would say, when you get to the next light, make a U-turn or whatever. And they would kind of redirect me to the route that I was supposed to be on. I don't want to limit or simplify the Holy Spirit just to being a little Garmin GPS, but the Holy Spirit... He does speak to us, and he brings conviction. When we, when we step out of the will of God, and when we step away from this road trip, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to, to whisper, calculating route, calculating route. You need to make a U-turn. Hurry up and make the U-turn. Get back on track. And you start feeling the little nudge, like, mm, I can't put a finger on it, but something's not right. Correct, it's you. You're not right. Get back on track. So on this road trip, follow the directions. It starts with the Word of God and then the Holy Spirit confirms the Word of God. Do you know that the Holy Spirit never contradicts the Word? The Holy Spirit always accompanies the Word. The Bible is inspired by God. Holy Spirit is God, so therefore He doesn't contradict Himself. And as God is speaking to you, you'll be reading in your Bible plan that day, all of a sudden a verse pops up and you're like, whoo, what is God speaking to By the way, here's my, my pointer, if you haven't learned this already when you do your devos that means when you're doing your devotionals start with prayer in the same way that we encourage our our family to pray for our meals hey guys don't eat the fries yet we got to pray lord thank you for these fries we rebuke the calories amen (laughs) when you when you read the word of god even if it's just a brief little prayer god i open my, my heart to you now i open my mind to you teach me your word more than information god speak to me through your word So you pray. The Word is already anointed. Maybe you're not. So you don't have to ask God to anoint His Word. It's already anointed. But God, anoint my mind now to hear what you're trying to speak to me. Bring clarity to my mind. Bring understanding. The Bible in James even says when you lack wisdom, we can ask God, God, give me your wisdom. As you read the Word, then slow down. Don't be in a hurry to try to get through a bunch of chapters. Just slow down and read what it's saying because it reads you. That's a freebie right there. Um. A while ago, someone gave me an iWatch. And those of you with iWatches were trying to close circles, right? And it's pretty cool because I didn't realize at first I'm like, man, my watch is tripping right here. I'm driving and I'm using my Apple Maps or whatever. And all of a sudden I'm approaching an intersection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All of a sudden you're approaching an intersection, and right before you get in there, you're like, Neh. that's the Holy Spirit, by the way. The Holy S- and <laughs> the sound wasn't the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Those of you watching online, we have this weird buzz, and it's like it wasn't the effects from the media team, whatever that was. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. But as you're navigating, as you're walking in this journey, as you're on this road trip, if you're about to make some poor choices, the Holy Spirit knows your thoughts. He knows our propensities. He knows how we think. He'll start, mm, he starts bringing a little agitation. That's a wake-up call for us to slow down a bit. Like, what's going on? Because he loves us. He cares about us. So if you begin to sense just a little, like, what is this? And if you're not sure, hit up your life group leader. Like, hey, I've been, like, praying and processing these different things. I'm not quite sure how to to discern what it means. Ask them to maybe listen in with you and to pray with you. But that's the cool thing about having a personal helper called the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I, I'm going to send you the advocate. I'm going to send you the helper. He's going to lead you in all truth, and he's going to teach you the truth. Better than an eye watch. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit is that friend that guides us and that helps us. This is what Psalms 119, verse 105, it says, Your word, someone say the Bible, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You need direction? Go to the word of God. Ask God to speak to you from there. All right, let's let's make it personal as we begin to wrap things up real quick. Psalm chapter 23, six verses. Let me read it to you because I'm going to remind you: in the context of this journey of faith, there is a dependency and a connection that we have with Jesus. We're dependent upon Him. We're not the ones calling the shots like David was saying. Jesus is the driver. David was preaching last week. It's the journey is more fun when you bring friends with you. But Jesus has to be the driver in this journey. He is like a shepherd and we are like the sheep. So this is what David in the Old Testament writes in Psalm 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Let's just pause for a second right there. That right there is a sermon series. If Jesus is your shepherd, you've got all you need. That's all you need. You don't need a Visa card. You don't need seven other counselors. Come on, somebody. You don't need Google if Jesus is your shepherd you've got all that you need you may not have the answers to your questions but the source of those answers is walking with you the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need he lets me rest in green meadows this is the scenic route he leads me beside peaceful streams sometimes your soul just needs some rest sometimes our soul just needs to be recharged it's not an uphill climb from here to heaven come on somebody God allows us, and because we're, we're led by him, sometimes he allows us to just, ah, to be renewed and to be refreshed. But then sometimes it's like, all right, giddy up. Time for us to get moving. No, God, but I love being in this place of just resting. You've been resting for four months. It's time to get back on the horse, get back on the saddle. Let's go. Are you with me? He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Verse 3, he renews my strength, and he guides me along right paths, Bringing honor to his name. I love that because his name is on the line. He's invested. He's, come, come on, somebody. He is invested. When the Jordan brand started popping on the screens, there was a commercial back in the day. Michael Jordan autographing each one of the boxes. It's like the Jordan 5 comes out and he would. it was this whole play on stamp of authentication. And he would stamp and he would sign. It's like, it's the real deal. It's not a fake made somewhere else. This is the real deal. When it comes to our relationship with God, he authenticates the relationship. His name is on the line. Now, here's a challenge because I drop the ball pretty regularly. I I try to like, Lord, help me become more and more like you, Lord Jesus. But I don't just represent me. I represent God. So everywhere I go, it's like I'm a representation of, of, of heaven here on earth. So I got to guard what I say. I got to guard my behaviors. It didn't happen this trip, but like a couple, a couple months ago, we were traveling, and like, dude, it's been a long weekend. We prophesied over a ton of people, preached a b- bunch of sermons, and Elaine and I were just like, man, it's like, sh- we were like drained of virtue. And it's, it's called the post-ministry blues. That's, what, that's a place that's kind of dangerous for ministers because <laughs> you've given everything out. Like, Jesus, virtue has left me. I felt like virtue had left me. And we're making, we're, we're catching, we made the connection flights up in Seattle. We're, we're jumping on the last flight to come home. And, bruh, like the gate attendant was just being like, they needed Jesus. <laughs> so... It's been a great week, man. It's like it's been productive and God-ordained, God-anointed. And then it's like, <laughs> it's like I finally, like, get my phone, I'm scanning the thing, and the person starts telling, oh, you're going to have to check in your, your carry-on. Like, bruh, I, didn't, I don't even check in luggage. I, pa- I pack lightly. You're going to have to. There's no more headspace. I'm like, K-. and then, like, all of a sudden, like, that's why I never fly this airline. It just. <laughs> And Elaine is so gracious and whatnot, and then we we get through, and we get to the little tunnel, and she's like, I can't believe you just did that. I'm like, I thought you were on my side. You were such an embarrassment to the kingdom and our church. I'm like, what are you talking about? Put me on blast, bro, like straight up, put me on blast, and I'm like, and I'm becoming all defensive, like, what are you talking about? I was wearing a City Life mask. gonna have an attitude like that just walking around with like the Kaiser Permanente mask you know what I'm saying like (laughs) yeah turn it inside out so I don't I don't I don't even have bumper stickers on my car city life bumper sticker I can't do that (laughs) it's a journey pray for your boy pray for me I'm I'm growing getting better Pastor Keyes knows I'm getting better (laughs) and it comes back to this thought that He leads us in righteousness for his name's sake. He's invested. Wherever we go, we carry the name of Jesus. We represent him everywhere we go. And oftentimes, we don't represent him well. Real talk. So my challenge to myself, preaching to me and to all of us, we got to choose to trust him and to represent him well. Don't put on a show, but just learn. Anyways, let's keep moving on. Number four, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'm not afraid for you are close beside me. Another verse says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He goes on to say, for your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. By the way, that little shepherd rod, it protects and comforts. Sometimes that rod is used to spank the sheep a little bit. Like, hey, you're being stubborn. The corrections of God. In this relationship with him, the Bible says that he corrects those or he chastises those that he loves. So if God is disciplining us... Just receive it, or you'll get some more spankings. Come on, somebody. That's a freebie. (laughs) Verse 5. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. We don't live off of fumes. We live from the overflow. The blessings continue to pour in and through us. It overflows. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So what a beautiful expression right here. I'm going to have Nicole come to the keys as we wrap things up here. This journey, this road trip, Jesus is invested. He's connected to us. He's the one that guides us. And though at times we don't understand why he allows certain things to happen, he knows what's best for us. He knows when we need the rest. He knows when we need the exercise. He knows when we need to, like, climb this hill, go on that hiking group, or whatever it is, metaphorically speaking, of course. He knows what's best. The imagery here is the sheep and the shepherd, this dependency of the sheep upon the shepherd during this journey. Here, here in this passage, we see that the shepherd, he cares. He cares for the sheep, he leads the sheep, guides, provides, corrects, protects, comforts the sheep. If you're doing this by yourself, you won't have the protector. You're gonna to have to protect for yourself. If you're doing this by yourself, you're gonna to have to provide for yourself. So don't be independent. Be dependent upon him. Amen, somebody? And then you move this into the New Testament. Jesus using the same kind of language in John chapter 10. He says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as my father knows me, and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for this sheep. I have other sheep, too, that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Here at City Life, we're passionate to reach more people and to grow people more. It's not good enough for us just to say, God, thank you for saving me. Now he recruits us. There's other sheep that need to be a part of the fold. That's why we're constantly on mission saying, what can we do to be a light to others? How can we bring the good news of Jesus everywhere we go? And that's what Jesus is talking. I I sacrifice my own life for my sheep. Why? Because I love my sheep. When it comes to your road trip, Jesus loves you. He's got great plans for your life. He wants to help you. We can't figure this thing out on our own. And like Pastor David preached last week, the road trip is probably not what you imagined it was. It's probably something different. I'm going to give us four truths. These are applicational points that you need to hear in your spirit and your heart as we wrap things up. Four truths in this context of trusting Jesus. Number one, you got to know that God knows who you are. I wrote it in a personal way God knows who I am. God knows who you are. You're unique. Fearfully and beautifully made in his image. Come on, somebody. God knows who you are. He wired you the way you're wired for a specific reason. You are unique. You are authentic. Your scars, they don't define you, but they can be used as a platform to display the mercy of God to many others. God knows who you are. Number two, God knows where you're at. You may not know where you're at like pjj i'm online watching right now or hey i'm in church watch or i'm in the family center watching like i'm talking about your journey of faith where are you at i think that the, the biggest mall that i've ever been to was in the philippines in manila and like bro like this mall would like we're talking here city blocks for days and multiple levels and we're supposed to meet somebody at a certain spot and i'm like i have no idea what that place is so you had to go to the info i remember going to And I remember looking at the info chart. I'm like, and then I saw this tiny little red dot. And it says, you are here. I'm like, oh, I'm right here. Oh my gosh, it's going to take us like 15 minutes to get to where we need to go. The thing about pursuing the things of God, if you don't even know where you're at, how do you know where you're going to go? So it's self-examination. Where am I at? Am I right with God today? God knows where you're at. That's the good news. Number three, God knows what's best for me he knows what's best for you. That includes the route that you take. He knows what, what the best route is for you. You don't have to figure this out out of your own. Number four, God knows where he's leading me. So he knows what's best for us and he knows where he's leading us. It's not just a mystery like, oh, Holy Spirit, Jesus, let's huddle. Where should we take this person? Now he already knows. He already knows where he's leading you and it's great. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet because I want to pray for us today. Again, for the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring this thought of this journey with Jesus, growing and becoming more like Jesus every day. We're not here to just suck up oxygen and get through life. We're here to become more like Jesus. Less of us, more like Him. Amen, somebody? I'm going to lead us in two prayers. The first one is if you've been distant from God today and you're saying, man, I need to get right with Him. I need to surrender my life. I've been... I've been my own shepherd, and I find myself stuck. I need him to take control. That's the great news that we have. Any, any, any person, the Bible says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says they shall be saved, they shall be rescued. So if that's you today, maybe, maybe you've never given him the opportunity to be the Lord of your life, or maybe the second scenario, you have at some point in your journey surrendered, but man, you hijack the wheel again, you kick him to the passenger seat, and you realize, man, I'm not right with God. I need to be fully surrendered to him. If that's your prayer today, I'm going to lead us all in this prayer. And if you're watching online, this includes you as well. It's an opportunity for us to get right with God. Just repeat these words with me. say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming after me. Today, I open my heart. I invite you into my life. I repent of doing things my own way. I repent of my sins and my selfishness. I surrender fully to you. Be the Lord of my life from this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's tell all of our friends who pray that, well done, congratulations. One of our commitments as a local church, we love to partner with people. If you said that prayer today, we love to celebrate that, let our team know that we can pray for you. That QR code, just scan that and, and let us know, I made a decision. For Jesus today if you don't have a phone you can drop by the connection center and if you're online there's a little button that's popping up right now saying I did and um, let us know so our team can be prayed for you and we can coach you on how to take your next steps so that you can continue to grow amen I want to lead us in one more prayer right now and this prayer right here has to do with this trusting in Jesus understanding that he is the shepherd and he, he he's the one that finds us where we're at some of us we're hurting right now we need him to pick us up some of us, though, he's been holding us for a long time. He says, hey, I want you to do some walking. No, I'm scared. He doesn't want you to be scared. Your muscles need the exercise. And some of us, we need the courage that he will just be alongside of us. Let me remind you, he's a good God. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows what you can handle. So I'm going to pray for us right now and allow the Holy Spirit to just minister to you right where you're at. God, we love you. I thank you for your goodness and your grace. I thank you, God, that you're a faithful God. You're the God from the beginning, the middle, and the end. You know all things and you do all things well today once again we're reminded of our dependency upon you thank you for inviting us for calling us thank you for the 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 incredible invitation of being disciples of jesus but lord even in this journey though we we trip up and we fall and we get hurt and we get confused and we carry anxieties and we carry these different things god would you help us to have the courage to trust you god today i pray that you would speak to each heart areas in our lives that we need to surrender and release to you, whether it be offenses or anxiety or sins. God, we don't, we don't want to carry these things any longer. We want, to, we want to release them into your care. So God, we open our hearts to you, Lord, and we submit and surrender. We repent. We repent of all these different issues that you would be speaking to us about even today. God, we pray that you would give us the courage to embrace the call, that you'd give us the courage, God, to receive that what you have for us today. You're good God. You're gracious God. You're compassionate God. Our hope is in you, God. You've never let us down. Though we don't understand you many times, Lord, we know your character and your track record, and it's perfect. You are a great God. So we we put our hope in you. We put our trust in you. And God, I pray a blessing over each one here today. God, that you would speak to us. Lord, as we go home, as we go to wherever we're going next, God, I pray that you would speak your word, that you would challenge us, that you would encourage us. I speak the blessings of God over each one here in person and those online. God, I thank you that you haven't given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We are not intimidated. We are not slaves to fear, but we walk in freedom. We walk in freedom, God. God, I thank you that in you, you're a God of new beginnings. Today is a new starting point. God, your mercies are new today. God, I pray that each person at the sound of my voice would feel and sense the encouragement of the Holy Spirit today. You are our hope. You are our peace. You are our encouragement. We trust you, God. We surrender to you. We bless you in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people said amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Pastor Elena, come wrap it up.